Hi, babe. Hello. Welcome back to episode two. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's my pleasure. So, you were wanting to tell me a story about what happened to you at the barbershop the other day. Yeah. Well, nothing happened to me. Well, right. I mean, well, I got a haircut. That happened to me. Yesterday, you went to get a haircut. Yeah. So, I went to get a haircut. I showed up at the time that I was supposed to at 1130, and things were running behind. Well... Let's start this out by saying you went at 9 o'clock for your 9 o'clock appointment that I made you. Right. And And they had double booked. Dude had double booked. So you came home and worked for like an hour and a half and then had to turn around and go back. So I went back. Jesse's very loyal to his barber. Which you have to be. Yeah. Unless they give you bad haircuts, you have to keep going. I know. He's a really wonderful person. Yeah. Okay. So I show up and everything's running behind, obviously. There's still somebody in the chair and their haircut is clearly not near the end. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like going to the doctor. I feel like the, they schedule like 15, 30-minute time slots. Why do they never schedule enough time? They never schedule enough time. Like nobody does. But at any... the same time, like everybody takes a different amount of time. Not for like a men's haircut. Uh, I don't know. Some people just get their hair pretty much buzzed. Like the dude, the dude who I was competing with for that double booked time slot, he literally was going to get his head shaved. His head was already shaved. That's so interesting to me when people do that. Like, why would you not just shave your own head? I guess he wanted a fade because you can't shave a fade into your head. Oh, so it's shaved, but it's it's a shaved, faded but it's shave. it's a faded shave, right? So it's a little longer on the <laughs> this top is than the getting bottom. Way too detailed. Well, that's why you would go to a barber. I mean, that's right. barbers. Right. So, I I appreciate the barbershop atmosphere. Yeah, you always have. I always have. At the, that's what I like. You've gone to like a couple different barbershops over your life. I feel like right your adult life. So, From when we lived in Philly and out here now in Phoenixville. This day, yesterday. Which, by the way, he's been ha- having this story since yesterday. So over 24 hours. Yeah, so I haven't, hours, I haven't shared it with and you. And I didn't, I was like, no, wait to tell it to me until we're recording. So I, I don't know this story yet. So only one person is getting their hair cut. But there are still four people there. I, I become the fifth. Which means that it's pretty much just like people sitting around talking. Which is what and one you do guy's getting his haircut. Yeah. Um, so I walk into their conversation when they're talking about. Wait, pl- and there's another. There's a new guy there cutting hair. So there's two guys. Yeah, but he hair. wasn't cutting. He was. He, was just, he was just gabbing. Okay. He didn't have any clients. So um, I walk in and they're talking about climate change, and I'm like, oh great, <laughs> which. <laughs> You love that kind of stuff, well, though. I do, but I don't like other people's opinions. I only like my own opinion. Were these the kind of people who were, like, talking about climate change, about how it's, like, a real thing and it's scary, or, like, how they don't believe it? So here's the dynamic. There's two people there who are going You're on... You're talking loudly. I'm sorry, I do that. I know. There are two people there who... <laughs> what? You're just funny. These two people are going on about how it doesn't make sense that the United States, that people would look at the United States and assume that we should pay to clean up the atmosphere and the world when statistically, like, India and China are Mm. committing way worse acts of violence against the atmosphere. Mm. That's not how they put it. Anyway. (laughs) Was there crude language? well, yeah, there was some crude language, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Okay. So, there's somebody getting his hair cut who clearly knows more than everyone else in the room. Mm. And... You mean he thinks he knows more than no, everybody else? No, he legitimately knew oh, more like than everyone else. Oh, like he was very educated. Yeah, and okay. the age spread was... I'm glad I asked, because I thought you meant it was just like some guy being a wise no, ass. No, okay. he was not being overly vocal about anything. He was mm. being very clear thought... 
and pointing out good details. He was, the age spread was from 25 to 45, okay. and he was the 25-year-old, the youngest one. Okay. Anyway. And he's the guy getting his hair cut. He's getting you. his hair cut, okay. and he points out, like, you know, that the climate reports that have been released lately, like, nobody's disputing because the facts are pretty clear that not only is the world changing, mm-hmm. but it even the initial thoughts of when we thought it would change it's happening faster than we thought it was going to happen. I brought up that we all drove here in cars, which puts us in the top like 3% wealthiest people in the world. And we're sitting here talking about how it's not our responsibility. Sure. Which none of them understood my point. (laughs) So I was like awfully confused. Anyway, so the conversation goes from there. Nobody wants to recognize their own part in something bad. Goes from there to participation trophies. What? You know, the whole debate over participation trophies. Right. So, like, you're a kid and you just, like, get a, a trophy for playing soccer. Yeah. The, Even if your team, like, won right. no games. Their point was, like, what's wrong with, like, people of younger generations who, like, are not competitive anymore? Like, where did, pe- where did competitive <laughs> people go? Right. Wait, so are participation trophies... I mean, that's been a thing forever. That's not just like a new thing. It wasn't a thing. I don't think I got participation trophies. I I mean, granted, I didn't... um, You didn't finish the season? (laughs) That's not what I was going to say. No, my parents at least made me finish the seasons. What I was going to say is I never did anything for more than one season. So, like, I probably played five different sports, but each of them only for a season. And then was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Because they didn't give you trophies. No, but no, my point is, is I think that I did get participation trophies. Really? I think that I have... California's always been soft. (laughs) I think I have one box of belongings left at my mom's house in California, and it's that kind of thing. Really? Trophies? Trophies and like porcelain dolls. Perfect. You should should book your (laughs) ticket right now. Go get it. Need to get that box back. You better... Um, I think participation trophies have been a thing for a while. Well, at any rate, not they, to these guys. They think that it's a new thing. And I that don't, and that it's dead. that it's a problem that people that it's crushing, like which is ridiculous to me because we live in a culture that is obsessed with sports, right? And also, we we like live in a culture that is obsessed with winning, consuming, and winning. So it's, well, it hasn't gone away. My point... If you're playing any professional sport, your goal is winning. I mean... Right. People still like to win. And people are still competitive. Yeah, that's a totally You just don't know other people's thing. motivations. What do you mean? Their motivation is to win. No, I mean, like, you can't judge someone else's motive. You can't say, like, that kid isn't interested in winning. Because you're not in their head. You don't know their motivation. Okay. Like, it's silly. Sure. My point was, trophy... I I turn the conversation to how terrible trophies are now, because <laughs> like how ugly they are. Yeah, they're awful. They're like these plastic pieces of shit Wait, that are. But they've always been that way. No, in the there were leagues. decent trophies. What do you mean? It's like hand carved out. Back of wood, in my or... day, <laughs> yeah, hand carved out. Of wood. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Like no, like there was that. Shh, you're being loud again. I know. There might have actually been some metal in it. It wasn't just like this like plastic piece of junk. That has a sticker on it. They have to take into consideration like, now that somebody might kill somebody else with that trophy. Well, that that makes the world go round. Violence. No, oh. the game of Clue. <laughs> oh my god. So, so anyway, conversation goes from participation trophies. On from there, it goes to Kevin Spacey, which I didn't know what they were talking about. Did Do you know about some drama with, with Kevin him? Spacey? Well, I, I don't want to talk about it, but I asked them to clear it up for me because I had no idea what they were talking about. Wait, can you just tell me? Because I think I remember something happening, but I don't remember what. I think Kevin Spacey got found out that he's been a pedophile, pedophile for a long yes. time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. I didn't want to talk about it when they were talking about it. I do remember hearing about that when that, hap- when that came out. Yeah. Okay, so you went from global warming... Yeah. To a lack of competition. Climate change. It's not called global oh, warming sorry. anymore. I'm sorry. Because not everything is getting warmer. 
climate change to um, participation trophies and that there is a lack of competition in the world. Right. And then Kevin Spacey being a pedophile. So that was an interesting um, hour of your life. That's not the whole story. Oh, there's more? So now I'm getting my hair cut. I was wondering if that was going to go somewhere else. Now I can't leave. Because I'm getting my hair cut. Were you feeling like uncomfortable or like you were I wasn't not uncomfortable enjoying the in, conversation? I wasn't uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. I'll name the point that I get seriously uncomfortable. Okay. So I'm getting my hair cut. I feel like I need to like text Jason and be like, what's going on with your shop? Don't, don't name drop my barber. Oh, you don't want everybody to go there and have him get too busy for you? Yeah, he's already too busy. Okay, we won't Double booking me. the name of the shop. So he's cutting my hair. And this old dude walks in, and he's like... Are all the other people still present? Or has anybody left? The guy who was getting his hair cut left. The educated 25-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, this older guy lo- walks in. You know, he's like gray-haired. He had on a hat that... Um, said that he's a veteran from, uh, I don't know what foreign war. I didn't get a close look at it. It was either Vietnam or Korea. Okay. Um, Anyway, he walks in and he's like, he clearly sees that my haircut is not almost finished and Mm -hmm. his appointment is here. And he's like, he says, uh, oh gosh, what, what, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh no. Hold on a second. Okay. So he walks in. Okay, he walks in. There's now four people there. He's the fifth. Okay. I'm the only one getting my hair cut. And he says, doesn't anybody work in this world? (laughs) Which I was like, oh, okay. I Uh, mean, I often wonder the same thing. I'm not going to lie. but Hey, don't get me started. (laughs) I've got all kinds of opinions about that. Um, what was that SNL skit that used to be on? What? Don't get me started. Don't, don't even, even get, get me started. started. Who was that? I don't know. We should look it up later. So okay. he then figures out that he's going to have this young buck cut his hair, this new barber. Okay. And um, he turns the conversation right away to... Something even crazier, I'm sure. Right. So... So he right away gets into why the military is allowing trans people in ex- mm. to serve. Mm-hmm. And then at this point, another person walks in who's waiting to get their hair cut. I don't know how they're booking. It's just crazy. I think everybody's booked at the same time. He needs to hire me and I should do his books for him. This other dude who walks in is like, I would guess that he's 25. As well. Okay, so this like war veteran is clearly like the minority in this group of people. Well, again, we've got like 25, 35, 33, and 45. Okay. And he, he's, I don't know, if I had to place him somewhere, he's clearly, he's at least 75. Wow. Okay. Um, so How the, did the young the young guy who walks in, he's like, well, honestly, I'm not going to serve in the military. So if somebody else feels compelled to serve in the military. A mouse trap just went off. I know. I heard it. That was what that sound was. It was the mouse walking around in there. I literally, uh, I made Jesse set the mouse traps like 15 minutes ago. So he didn't forget to do it before bed. Um, and one of them definitely just went off. So sorry. he says, I'm not going to serve. If somebody who's trans wants to serve, I don't see why we would have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. And this guy's like, "Well, I don't, I don't want to share a a, a a a foxhole with them or something like that." Well, you're not serving anymore. You're not serving, and also, my question was a legitimate question because I honestly don't know: Do people still get in foxholes? Like, is that how war still is? Because from what I understand, war has changed a lot. Right. Anyway. That's not the point. So but... he's going on about trans people in the military. Yikes. And I'm getting, I'm like, Are you getting I, hope, I hope my haircut is done soon because. You don't want to blow up on this guy? I don't want to blow up on this guy. So 
I just like stay out of it, except I say, do you know anybody who's trans? Obviously, he doesn't know anybody who's trans. Right. So he goes on from there to talk about um, people on Medicaid and how immigrants come to this country. And at one point, he, he says, our country should make it so that everybody has to speak English or you're not allowed to get... Um, mm. This is like to get any rights. This is turning my stomach. Yeah. So now you know how I feel because I'm stuck in this You're chair getting a haircut. There. And he he says, uh, you know, something, some negative stuff about welfare, which blew my mind because it was like five minutes earlier that he made some like positive comment about FDR, hmm. which I was like. I listen. I don't know much about history, but I believe FDR. That's a lie. I'm pretty sure you know a good bit about it. Yeah, it's not much. Okay. I believe FDR started welfare. They're the programs through which now we might refer to as welfare. Okay. So maybe so he, he loves was like okay F- with he it. He likes FDR. At one point, and doesn't like where it's gone or something. Doesn't like welfare. Right. I mean, a lot of people don't. Right. So I say, have you ever been on welfare? No, but no, no. Everybody was like, no, I haven't been on welfare. And I was like, I was on welfare. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was really tough and annoying to have and really hard to sign up for and really hard to continue to have because you have to continually go through this pr- signing up process. Um, not only that, but like, uh, it is very, what is the word I'm looking for? It takes a lot to come to that place of like admitting that you need that. At least for us, there was it, definitely it does. yeah. That was hard. Right. And we, we, I think we put it off for a little while, and then we we're like, no, we like really need help. Yeah. And it was hard to get off of. Yeah, Jesse lost his job like when Maple was a couple months old. Which was a crazy huge blessing because his boss was crazy and it was a psychotic job. We should just actually talk about that when you're done telling your story. Okay, I'm almost done. This okay. is this is pretty much where I've had enough. I so I, you say I, I have know. been on welfare. I've been on and welfare. It's really hard. And it was it was not that great. Because they it's like an impossible system. They make it very very difficult. Right. Everything's done by snail mail. It's yeah. And you can't talk to anybody or ask for help. And of of course that was our experience. But if you've been an illegal immigrant, if you're an illegal immigrant to these to this it's guy, pretty much impossible. He says he says, well, there's other people that'll sign you up for sign you up for you. I don't. I don't. I don't buy that. I don't. I don't know. After either, having gone through it you know and what? knowing how difficult it was, like somebody who can't even speak English and is probably so confused and trying to figure things out probably is not going to figure that out totally but you know what I don't care either well right if they need if they need food like then they need some food Mm -hmm. but you know there's pretty much like two mentalities there's that mentality or there's a they need to get food from their own country mentality right it's so. the who's going to clean up garbage argument, right. garbage island argument, which mm-hmm. I walked in on, which is I'm not going to clean up garbage mm-hmm. island. It's who's going to feed people who need to be fed. I'm not going to feed them. Right. Even it's a denial that mm. you could actually do something decent or you might have to sacrifice something. Right. right. So it, so I, quickly ran out of there after that Mm -hmm. (laughs) did you did the old man get like mad at you no he seemed like old man mad all the time okay like he's probably used to pissing people off well the the odd thing is like i don't think i don't think that the room was like upset it wasn't like a room that was like upset to hear his opinion it wasn't like an aggressive um tone no no he Oh, I missed the best part. <laughs> uh, I missed the best part. 
The best part is this guy, when he comes in, after he um, comes into the room and asks if anybody works here, he, before he starts going off about trans people in the military, he says, are we all men here? Like basically asking you know what if that there's any trans people in the room? No. So what you it- didn't grow up male. Here's what it means when somebody says, are we all men here? Or when people say, act like a man. What they mean is, are you going to act like you can dominate everyone and everything? Are you going to act like you have the right and privilege to dominate everyone and everything? That's what it means when somebody says, are we all men here? Or act like a man. Act like a man means, are you going to act like you deserve the right to dominate everything. Wow. That's that's what that's how I heard it. That's what he meant. Are we all men here? Are we all men here? Of course everybody was kind of thrown off and we were like uh yeah. I think so. And Jason Jason was like, I still consider myself a little boy. <laughs> uh, um, that's weird. It's really weird. But it's... so. And it makes me feel weird inside. I don't know if it's... I think it's something that needs to die. I'll just offer that up as like an Obviously. attitude that needs to die. Right. Just but, like there's this whole conversation of people who have sons and like raising their sons in like a different way than right they were taught of this whole boys shouldn't cry and toughen up and man up or whatever else is that what you're talking about kind that's of? part of what i'm talking about yeah so i it lately i've been feel i felt a little bit guilty before this happened about something that I said to you on voting day this year. <laughs> what? So we get into vote. Clearly it didn't upset me because I don't remember. We get into vote this year. Oh, wait, and, maybe I know what you're going to say. And we are the only people there without white hair. Yeah, we were the and it youngest was a long people line. at our polling place. Not the youngest. There was nobody there that was not retired. Now, one of the volunteers was... One of the volunteers, yeah. yes. So... So I said to Lindsay, so I says to Lindsay, uh, I think that after a certain age, you shouldn't have the right to vote anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I get a good laugh out of saying terrible things like that. Uh And inside, I do wonder, because I, I said, you shouldn't be able to vote anymore because this isn't your world anymore. Is that a fair thing to say? Well, I think about like this. the world only belongs to you until you're like 60 years old. <laughs> well, if you were born, if you are, say, 70, right? If you're 70, you were born in 1950. Mm-hmm. If I can do math, that seems about right. In the 1950s, Emmett Till was hung. Emmett Till was hung... You can look it up. I'll expl- That's another story. I'm looking at Jesse with a confused face because I don't know who this person is. It, it, it was a different world. Mm-hmm. It was a world not that long ago where people wondered if black people had a soul. That was like our grandparents or our great-grandparents. Yeah. They denied that black people had a soul. We, that is so harsh. I mean, that's insane. That puts... That just blows a hole right through my stomach. Right, but like those people are still alive and have opinions. Right, and they have the right to vote. Right. So anyway, so I said that on voting day. This is like controversial. But lately, I have been feeling bad about it because of the book we're reading. Oh, yes. Because the book we're reading reading. is posing that there's a second half of life not necessarily talking about the when you're old. It's That's not, not. It doesn't it mean means. that you're old. I know. Right. But it is talking about a wisdom that comes after you've gone through 
the first part of life. I won't call it a half of life. That's always the problem. The right. problematic word. What is the book called? Uh, Falling Upward. Falling Upward by Richard Rohr. So it made me it made me feel bad about what I said about voting. You should feel bad. It's a horrible thing to say. I know, but I laugh at horrible things. No, but it's also like how we say that like old people should have their driver's licenses taken away after a certain point. Well, they should. I mean, that's a matter of safety. Yeah. But a lot of people so, would say so that... So is voting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's also kind of true. Yeah. But some people would say that that's like ageist. Is that a word? Is that the word for it? I think it would be ageist, yeah. Yeah. Like you're you're being discrimi- discriminative, dis- discriminatory. No, just... I am an idiot. No, you got... I think you Dis- had it in there somewhere. Discriminative? No, you had the right syllables, <laughs> but you put them in the wrong order. <laughs> Discriminating towards old people. Discriminatory? I don't... I don't know. It's discrimination. Discrimination is what it is. towards old people. It's good old-fashioned discrimination. Yeah. I learned There's it from them. There's just a lot of ignorance. I mean, it's like how your grandmother... Say, what did she used to say to people? Like, I, It's not appropriate to say on... <laughs> Listen, I'll curse on this podcast, but some of the things she said are not are worse than curse words. But she said them; we didn't say them. I'm just like as a point. She would just use offensive terms for black people and Japanese people, or like any Asian people. Like yeah, they would go yeah, she, if you went to a yeah. restaurant and like Jesse remembers going to lunch with his grandmother, and at this restaurant they asked her if she wanted rice with her dinner, and she said. Do my eyes slant? Like outrageous things, like yeah, that should and she we love we loved her we like she was a wonderful woman but like just these things that people were taught and these things were ingrained in their minds that were just not okay and like how do you how do you like just continue on? After somebody has said something like that in front of you, yeah, you don't do anything because like a ni- like 80, 90-year-old woman isn't going to change at that point in her life. Right. Oh my gosh, that was the second trap. That sounded like the same trap. No, the first one was the one under the sink. That was the oh, other one. Oh gosh. So we've caught two mice now within a matter of like... Or maybe he escaped the first one and then he got to the second one. Maybe Should we escaped. go in and check? No, I'd rather clean them up after they're stiff. Oh. Um... So gross. So, end of my story. Mm-hmm. Now I don't feel bad about what I said on voting day. Because you, like, <laughs> had an encounter with an ignorant old man. Yeah, or at least that guy shouldn't vote. Thank you, for ser- thank you for your service. I don't think you should have a political opinion anymore. Uh, but unfortunately, there's a lot of people that think the same way as him. Or they think that I shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion. Sure. Yeah, there's two sides to it all. I hear something moving in there. I'm telling you, it's still alive. Do you think alive. it's still alive? Should we pause this? Yeah, that's this? why i got to wait until it's stiff. No, we have to pause. Oh. Be right back. I don't think that paused it. Oh, this stupid thing. It's totally oh, it's alive, alive in there. <laughs> I'm going to just keep it recording. Why? Because. It's not a video. I know, but there's definitely going to be a live mouse caught in a trap in our oven right now. Oh no, it's not moving. It was just flailing. It was just flopping around. It's it's dead, yeah. Oh man. Okay, let's look under the sink now. <laughs> God, Jesse. Oh yeah, look, there's another one. Okay, we have a problem. I think we need to set more traps before we go to bed. Alright. Ew! Go Fucking winter in the mice. Oh, it's so Ugh. gross. Now you're just gonna leave them there for a while? Yeah, they gotta get stiff. Okay, oh gosh. Makes my skin crawl. Um, I was just going to say about how when we were on welfare, go back to that story, um, that job that you had was horrible and it was unfortunate that we didn't, that you didn't have a job anymore, but it was actually super wonderful. Yeah, it was an overwhelming time in life. Yeah, like Maple was like two months old. So we had a new baby and no job. But you were able to be around for her like first... How long was it? Like, was it six months? Was it a year? 
I I don't think I started working according to the federal government for a year. Okay. So we collected unemployment. We we got food stamps. We were on WIC. I mean, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, and after having gone through all of that, we were able to see how impossible the system is. Like, we would send them the paperwork that they asked for. Then they send you something back in the mail saying, you missed this thing you were supposed to send us, and you need to have it due by this date. And the day you received the letter was, like, a day after their, like, due date for this thing you wanted. Yeah, like, and if you don't send – and if you haven't sent it by now – Then you have to start all over. You don't have insurance, and you have to start over. Right, right. Yeah, just, like, so impossible. The system sets you up for failure. Um or you call and you're like, I need to speak with, I, I've spoken with somebody named Karen. And they're like, there's no Karen here. That's even if you could get through. Oftentimes you call and just like be on hold for an hour and right. not even get through to anybody. And you beg for their private number. You're like, how can I call you? I cried. Please, so, I cried I so you? many times in that whole process, like just trying to get through to people. Yeah. Because it was so frustrating and impossible. Yeah. And even after that, dealing with like the the Medicaid and then CHIP and all the insurance stuff, like shed many tears. Yeah. Receiving free services. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those free services that I'm really grateful for. Yeah. Very like grateful for. Our kids' health insurance has always been free. I have a question for you. What? Um I wrote down some questions. One that I think... This should really just be your podcast. Well, so I'm going to interview you? I mean, the only reason people are going to listen to this is because of you. Get out of town. Mm. You're so pretty. (laughs) It comes across in the podcast. Nobody can see that. (laughs) So, um, I was wondering... So, New Year's happened. Obviously, it's a time to reflect. Mm -hmm. But I think that also... It's just because it's winter. It's a time when you can actually like this maybe is, think about things. I wanted to talk about this. It's so great that, that New Year's falls in the winter. Mm-hmm. It's great that Christmas falls in the winter. And also, it's a great time to just like cool off and prepare your, like restore your relationships. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering... So you're taking me away on a vacation, just the two of us? If you would marry me. (laughs) I was wondering what you think... uh, If you think that there is any way that we can start a new practice that would help build gratitude in us and maybe in our family. Mm, Building gratitude is a good thing. Either expressing or just holding on to it somehow. Mm. Um, I know that a friend of mine is doing a gratitude journal. It's like a five minute, it's like a five minute a day thing. Whoa. A five minute a day gratitude journal. What is that? What does that look like? I don't know. I told her that I would get one and do it with her, but I did not do that yet. Oh. (laughs) It's Lori. I'm just going to say it. Lori, who still Still won't be on the podcast to come on the podcast but she's a little afraid i think she's busy journaling about she's being really she's really grateful for a lot of things um i I think it just i don't know but i think it's just you sit down and you write what you're grateful for that day and it helps you notice the smaller things like not everything in life has to be this like big huge amazing thing right it's like about sitting down and being grateful for all those like little things in between but our big huge amazing things pay off every day in small ways okay right mm-hmm big huge amazing things like what are big huge amazing things safety and shelter family yeah friends mm-hmm. yeah so i so that's sorry i interrupted you no, but that's on. um it's a good idea. It is a really good idea, and it's it's practical. Yeah, that's very practical. Uh, teaching the children gratitude is such a hard thing. Right, but with anything, kids learn from what you do. Yeah. Right? I hope. I mean, Right, because we gave sometimes. them good genetics, so <laughs> they need to just... 
model what we do. Hopefully they get our good traits and not just our bad ones. Um, I was thinking, like any good question, I had an answer when I asked it to you. Of course. Um, I was thinking of something very similar. So like I was a thinking, journal? Well, a li- not, not a daily practice because, mm. goodness gracious, I can't take any more of those. Well, it could be like part of our but dinner time. It could be, yeah. Activity. I was thinking there, there are a lot of stories that come up as I think about people that I know and a lot of stories about things that I'm grateful for them in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think I would like to write those things down. Mm-hmm. Basically, like little story snippets about something that happened that involved a friend or another person. Like needs like currently or this could be an old story or Oh, I mean I could I could go back, but it I have such a terrible memory. That's why I think I would need to write about things that are happening currently. Oh my gosh, I hear a more... I don't think it's a mouse. I think it's the wind. No. It was like a chewing sound. Where's Bandit? He's right there. He's oh. laying under my legs. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I keep we'll getting distracted out. by we'll the have, mice. Yeah, and it, your microphone isn't picking up the mice chewing. Oh, gosh. So, wait. So, uh, I don't understand. H- tie this together for me. The writing down of stories. Stories about people. So About people. So, one of the things I was... Like, one of the reasons why it came up is I was reading... Uh, J.D. Salinger's short stories. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his short stories are... Um, they're short. They're short. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're a little long. Um, they describe people and moments with people, often from what seems like his real life. And I feel like I have a lot of those small moments with people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm grateful for those things in my life. Mm-hmm. And I need to be reminded of that because often I just want to avoid people altogether. You know, you say that and I think you do really like to avoid people, but I think you do also really love people. I I like them when I'm not with them. That's not true. <laughs> no, you like being with people. You and you don't do it enough. Yeah. I don't know. You're alone a lot. Like, your work day is often spent alone or with me. And you make no effort to, like, see friends. But I think when you do it, you really enjoy it. And I think you really need it. This podcast is now turning to talk about male friendship. Sure. <laughs> it's an important thing. Um... Back to the topic of winter, people always, always, always ask me, why did you move here from Southern California? And I say, well, because shit was crazy there and I needed to get out. And I don't re- regret that at all. <laughs> Sounds like you were in a gang. I wasn't a gang. <laughs> and my... It was that posse my lead, I was the leader of the gang and my, my gang name was Sarge. Um, so I came out to the East Coast a while ago. It was What year was that? 2004. It'll be 15 years this year. Yeah, it's 19 now. Wow. Wait, 2004. Yes, is that, that math is correct. Years? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... It's just been, I think, within the past five years or so of life that I have realized how important the seasons are. Like, where I grew up, it was the same weather all the time. It's, like, beautiful. Well, you wake up and it's overcast, but then, like, the the clouds burn off and it's, like, a beautiful, sunny 70 degrees yeah. all the time, which people love. But I think it's so boring and that the seasons are super important for our, like, 
well-being, like our spiritual well-being. Like they help you to go through the motions of like change in life and to not be stagnant. So like right now it's winter and we want to hibernate and we want to stay inside and not really see anybody or do anything and we're doing all this self-reflection and maybe we have the winter blues. We probably do. Most people do. Not everyone talks about it, but you know, people get depressed in winter. But that's okay. And I just feel like if we stop being like, oh, winter's so depressing, like just like let yourself be depressed and know that spring is coming and like just go with the flow of what's happening. Yeah. And it doesn't all need to be so dramatic. Like the way up is the way down. Yeah. What's the Okie Dokie Brothers line? I was just going to talk about the Okie Dokie Brothers. What's theirs? Uh, <sighs> feeling down don't always have to feel bad. Is that? Yeah, feeling down, feeling don't, down don't, don't, don't always, always have, have to, to be, feel, feel so, so bad. bad. Yeah. yeah, We can feel down without it being like this. There is another rodent in there. I hear it. Maybe it's a squirrel this time. Are you going to pause this podcast so that you can deal with your squirrel problem? It's not a squirrel. No, I'm not going to pause. Um, <laughs> the Okie Dokie Brothers I f- is technically like a children's band, but I feel like they should not be called children's band because they're so good. And like I listen to them even when the kids are not around. Like, <laughs> Well, because the lessons that adults need to learn are the same lessons yeah, that children need to learn. Just... You need to unlearn in order to grow into the fullness of adulthood. Yeah. You need to unlearn all of this hard stuff of like everything is either good or bad. People are good or bad. Everything is either. Like life is so gray. Life is all gray. It's, it's not black and white. But they're so great. And their new album is called Winterland. And it's like all about winter. And it talks about death. And it talks about you know just I don't know it just is so good and and we I don't think are people who are afraid to talk to our kids about anything so you know we'll talk about these things with our kids anyway but I know that they got some some flack about some of their subject matter on their album which I think is whatever um what nothing Winter is really important, and I love it, and I'll happily, like, sit here on my couch under a blanket every single night. Yeah. And a few months from now, we'll be outside having fires and making s'mores and hoping that our grass grows. Hoping the grass grows. I remember last winter, it's the end of winter that's troublesome for me because... March is always the hardest. Because I feel like I've already done, like, all the winter stuff that I need to do, Mm -hmm. all the hibernating and... You're antsy for the next thing. Uh, Right. But I remember looking out our picture window last uh, March, I guess it was, and just everything was gray and brown. Mm. And it was... uh, One day we we put on a slideshow for the kids. We put on slideshows of all of our pictures that are on our computer they and like to look at They like photos. to look at photos of themselves when they were babies and uh, stuff like that. But this one photo came up, and it was that same exact picture window in the middle of summer, and it mm-hmm. was overgrown with ivy, and it was just bursting with green so much and this beautiful sunlight flowing through it. It was just bursting. Mm-hmm. It was abundant. And I looked out the window, and it was just dead. And and you appreciate that green so much more oh when you gosh. have to wait for it. I felt it inside my body when I looked at that picture. Yeah. I felt I felt like that excitement mm-hmm. at the same exact time that I felt that deep pit of like, oh, <laughs> I can't take any more of this. But you can and you will and, you know... Well, it's right at the turning point. Right. Right? That was when I felt that. Mm -hmm. Right when everything was ready to start to creep a little bit. And it's just when you have it all the time, you don't appreciate it. You have to, like, not have it for a little while in order to really, truly appreciate it. Yeah. And it's really good for us. Well, I think we were meant for for seasons. Like, 
obviously I like I didn't have that in my life until I was 20 years old. It's California weird. is a different monster. It's not just California, <laughs> Jesse. Oh my gosh. Well, California I, isn't the only place where there are no seasons. So and I actually think that, like, the, I, it's just the coast. Like there are plenty of places in California that have part seasons. Of California where you were. The beach. Right. In Southern California. The desert where people normally couldn't survive. Uh, no, I think like we were, I don't think we were meant for like a farming society, but I think that farming society, agricultural, agricultural culture (laughs) is, is a healthy like balance of that, like planting, harvesting, you get, and then the downtime with the soil, like you get that full cycle. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also think, like, it's great to be in a place where a liturgical calendar would go along with this same, uh, with the same four seasons that we experience. Mm -hmm. Although I think that the liturgical calendar was written for an agricultural society. Yeah, because the world was based on agriculture. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're based on technology, digital money. Oh my gosh, Bitcoin. That's so what bad. we're based on. Oh, so you know we're not big into the technology in our house, but ma- I did know that. But yeah. <laughs> but Maple lately has been really interested in writing stories, and she wants to type them. And I want her to learn how to use a keyboard. I hate that she's you know staring at the screen while she's doing it so it's hard for me i'm very against the children staring at screens um but she wants to write a she book. wants to write stories and write a book yeah she's really into this i'm gonna write a book so yeah. the other yesterday she's like was it yesterday or today i don't remember but she was like okay before, all she wanted for her birthday was a desk and a spinny chair. <laughs> okay? Her birthday list was a desk and a spinny chair. And yesterday, she's like, okay, so all I want for my birthday now is a desk, a spinny chair, and a typewriter. And I was like, <laughs> Maple, you are the most... And a cigar and a poker hat. Incredible, <laughs> incredible girl. Like, it was just so cute and I, it's brilliant because then she can like type without staring at a screen. And then, so I tell Jesse the story and Jesse's like, I'm going to, I'm going to get on eBay and look for a typewriter right now. I'm just going to buy her a typewriter. I don't want her to have to wait till her birthday for it. And Jesse's like not a person who buys things or gifts or gift giving is not my love language. No, it's not. But he was like jumping on this idea of buying her the typewriter. So we need to look for one. Yeah. Because it's a great idea, and I do want Maybe her. your podcast will get sponsored type. by typewriters, and they'll just send you one for free. You're so funny. <laughs> Whatever is chomping in the kitchen, like, I feel like we need to go back in there with this recorder and, like, see if try, we can find Try it. to get up close to that mouse that's chewing on a piece of... It's trying to get into the dog food bin. It's chewing bin. on a piece of wood, it seems. No, it's trying to get into the dog food bin. Oh, that's That's what they do. That's what they do so gross does anybody else have mice other people have mice right everybody's got mice so is it just an old house thing no just everybody has mice everybody, in the winter everybody has mice i mean yeah every house that i work in old or new i generally encounter mouse traps that people have set okay or like poison that's tossed in people's attics things no everybody has them because you can't keep them out it makes me feel so dirty Listen. Especially when they like get in the oven and are on the stove and stuff. Like that's totally not okay with me. Well, that's disgusting. Right. And it's your fault. (laughs) I cleaned the stove today. Congratulations. I didn't notice. I did it. I don't ever clean my stove ever. It's I cook on it three times a day. It gets dirty so fast. What do I want to clean the stove for? Like so it can be dirty again in five minutes? Nope. If you didn't let the rice boil over, it wouldn't get dirty so fast. Yeah, the rice does it and other things too. Rice always does it. There's so no way to So either not have rice you do that. clean the stove or your mom cleans the stove. 
lately it's just been my mom. Yeah, she yeah. cleaned it on Thanksgiving when she was here, which was so sweet. That was the her. last time it was clean, I think. It was think. Thanksgiving. And yeah. that's actually not that long ago. I mean, usually it's, it goes for months and months. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's disgusting. I need to get a scraper out to clean it. I don't, I don't just wipe it. We're and I think a like lot of people who know me, like, blade. know this about me. You know, that like, they come in and, like, the house is pretty picked up or pretty clean or whatever and then you go and you look at the stove and you probably like are like she's yeah. a disgusting human being <laughs> well gas stoves are like that too they're not because here's the clean. thing when you drop the food in there you can't just right away clean it up because it's all everything's hot everything's and hot. you have to yeah. take the grate off to get down in there and clean it and it's not so that's why actually it never happens is because once everything's cooled off enough to clean i'm not going to clean it i'm on to the next thing what are you looking at? Is there somebody's in the school parking lot over there? I don't know. There's a school across the street from our house, and people are always pulling over. Turn your head towards the microphone. Sorry, I turned my head away from the microphone. Okay, we need to go catch some mice. All right. Let's Signing take, off. Let's take this. Um, we're gonna take this in with us and see if we can see anything, and then I'll turn it off. All right, and we'll we'll cut that if if you don't manage <laughs> to capture that mouse sound. <laughs> Hold on. Shh. To be really stealth. I think it's that one that's not dead. I think it's not dead in there. It was flipped upside down in hat. Holy crap. Should we turn on the light? On the count of three, you open the door and I'm going to turn on the light. One, two, three. Wait, it's... <laughs> open the door. Open the door all the I way. Keep, keep bouncing back. Okay, ew, the one that's in there, it's bl- there's blood, which there's not usually blood. I don't think that blood was there before. I think that thing's kicking around. That is not alive. It is stiff. There was another one in there. Do you think the, there was another one and he came in and was... Messing with the dead one? Trying to drag him out. Trying to save him. The medic mouse oh, was soon to follow. I don't know. That thing's definitely completely oh, dead. Oh, that thing's dead. But we got to set more traps because this These is... These are fat mice, too. Oh. They've been eaten. We need to start an Instagram page. And then I can take pictures of the dead mice and post them to our Instagram <laughs> page for our podcast. All right. Well, this has been a real lovely chat, Jesse. Yep. I love you. Sayonara. Love you too. Good night. To the podcast, not to Jesse. <laughs> <laughs>